What's up, everybody? Today, we have a lot to talk about. We have college football playoff. We have the MLB lockout, and we have NFL Week 13 to talk about, as well as some NBA news and rumors going around, and we are going to get right into it. Let's go. What is up, spectators? Today, we have a lot to talk about, as I mentioned, and we are going to get right into it. My name is Julian. I'm here at Brooklyn. What's going on, brother? Not much. Chilling, bro. I'm doing good. Can't complain. Excited to get into another week of this. What's going on, spectators? How's everybody doing? Yes, sir. And, uh, you know, we're going to start off with what we like to start off with. NFL Week 13, winners and losers. We got one each for you guys this week. Uh... NFL's been weird all year. We've been saying it pretty much all season. And there's been one constant, and that is that the Detroit Lions usually get moral victories. This week, they do not get a moral victory. They are the biggest winner of the week for a couple of reasons. Uh, they, they win a game, first of all. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. They win a game in the same weekend that the Michigan Wolverines win the Big Ten. So we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But big, big Michigan sports weekend. Um, with the Lions, 1-10-1. They're still in sole possession of the number one overall pick. I doubt they win another game. So just having that one win and the tie kind of makes you feel like, hey, this isn't the worst team of all time. That's kind of nice. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, they're a really big winner. We've said it every week almost, I feel like. There's some games that they've kind of gotten blown out, but not a whole lot of them. They've been in a lot of games. And uh, Jared Goff actually did something good towards the end of this game, right? which is crazy. And th there's not a lot of good things we can say about him besides this week he got them a win. You got to love it. You love to see it because we've been down on Goff. I mean, he still stinks. Forever. He's still awful. Forever. Jared Goff is still and maybe the 40th best quarterback in the league. The, this is his biggest win of his career. <laughs> what? <laughs> standing on okay, that okay that's a hill <laughs> that is a mighty <laughs> standing <hill>. on it <laughs> i'm planting the flag on okay. there <laughs> one small step for bad takes <laughs> everywhere nah but uh shout out detroit man they they go get a big win against the vikings yeah. unfortunately for you so yeah. my condolences are are out to your side i'm just i hope you're doing okay i'm just waiting on the zimmer being fired news i'm i'm kind of surprised that they haven't done it at this point, I, I think they're just yeah. waiting on the end of the season because I think the Vikings are thinking, hey, well, this team can still technically make the playoffs. Let's not rock the boat. But, boy, you better rock the boat before Thielen and Jefferson and Harrison Smith and Eric Kendrick, who, by the way, all four are like trajectory wise Hall of Famers. Like they're incredible. All four of those guys are legitimate potential Hall of Famers whose primes are being wasted. And granted, Jefferson's prime isn't here yet. Uh, but the rest of them should be on winning teams. And the fact that this team is kind of being wasted off of bad coaching, which is clearly probably the issue, sucks. It's not fun to watch. Yeah, dude, you never want that to be the, the downfall of the team. Like, if, you, if you're going to break apart with having all these – historically good team players because yeah. they're gonna they're gonna go down yeah and i mean in, in viking Lord, yeah 
They're gonna well, go and there's down. a couple others on that team too. Like Daniel Hunter is like an absolute monster. Yeah. Like he's one of the top five, like rushers when he's healthy. And there's a lot of talent on this team for them to be five and seven, and losing to the Lions. Yeah. And we've been saying all year that they're better than what they still they still shown? they still are. I promise you, yeah. if they had a coach that knew what he was doing, if they had Sean McVay, and granted, Sean McVay is like a top three coach, but if they had Sean McVay, this team might have one loss. I think they're that talented. So it's kind of one of yeah. those things, but that's my winner. Lions, I don't want to harp too much on the Vikings because they've been kind of a weird loser type of team all year. So, so I got another uh, low-level winner okay. for you in a sense. Not that not that low. Okay. Not, not that low. <laughs> but um, the Washington football team. Yeah. Quietly. The Washington football Quietly. team have – they've been catching my eye for a while now. We we haven't really talked too much. We talked they beat about the Bucks. them here and there, yeah. And then they go ahead last night or yesterday and they beat the Raiders. Yeah. And this Ron Rivera team with a spunky quarterback in Taylor Heineke. That's the right word because he's not good. Spunky. <laughs> That's the right word. Just they're impressive, man. They're impressive. Their defense is nice. And this is without Chase Young right now. That's the thing. The defense has been, like, significantly better, at least points per game, since he's been out, which is kind of interesting. Since Chase Young's been out, they've let up 21, 15, and 15. So. Yeah, man. So we got to... The rest of the season for them is all divisional games. They're the sixth seed in the playoffs right now. Yeah. And there's they're slated to play the Bucks, so that that'll be a nice little playoff uh, rematch and regular if, season if we rematch. Can keep everything on track, that'll be sick. Yeah. But yeah, man, I'm I'm impressed with them. They're, they're a good team. Yeah, I mean, good team is an interesting word. Again, we've kind of had like it's hard to say who's good and who's not this year. And I, I said this last night. Good doesn't really exist in, in the in, 2021 NFL no, land. But they're a team peaking towards the right end of the season. And like you said, they have five division games left, three of which are against the Eagles and the Giants. Those are all very, very winnable games. If they can take one of these games from the Cowboys, I am very confident that this team can at least make a pretty decent push for the playoffs. Uh, they might need some help if they wind up losing one of those to the Eagles. Um, but if they can go three and two in this stretch, they probably sneak in. Yeah. Because just based off of kind of how everything else is rolling. Absolutely. So weird that a nine and eight team exists and that it's going to make a playoff, maybe even as a six seed. But that's kind of the state of the NFC right now. We're just there's a lot of really middling teams and they're just beating each other up. Yeah. The NFC is weird. NFC is weird. That, that, is, a, that is a good, that is because out, outside of the, the top four, like you don't know what you're getting. Yeah. Like the Rams at five, you would think a couple weeks ago, you just ride him with them. I mean, I still am. I still, I still am, am too, but I'm not, I'm not still a weird. Team. I'm not overreacting to their losses or to their like, kind of misplay i'm not overreacting to it i think they're just a little battered up that the, yeah. hopefully they get As healthy yeah every, there's no healthy teams right now but like them specifically 
Um, obviously losing Robert Woods. Odell's starting to play decent, so that's that's something to look out for. He's becoming like an actual fan. Yeah. Odell has two touchdowns. Odell didn't have two touchdowns for three years. So he had a self revive too. He in that hit the self. That was really cool. I like that. Uh, celebrations are fun. Stop throwing flags on them. Uh, my loser for this week. Talk to me. Teams in the AFC that want a chance to win that aren't named the Kansas City Chiefs. I know that's long-winded, but hear me out. Every okay. team in the AFC for a blink has looked like they're unbeatable, right? Yeah, the Bills, <laughs> they started this year after their loss to the Steelers, looked incredible. They've had a really weird stretch, right? They're starting to get it back together, but they've had a weird stretch. They have a lot to prove tonight against the Patriots. The Steelers looked really good for a second there. The Ravens looked incredible for a second there. And now the Ravens don't look like a functioning team half the time. Uh, the Bengals, they have an explosive offense, but sometimes just don't know how to use explosive offense. It's a weird, weird team. Uh, even though Jamar Chase is great and they're young, and I think they're going to be fantastic in the next coming years. The Browns looked really good for a little bit. Now the Browns are awful, and I don't think the Browns are going to be good for another 10 years. I think it's that catastrophic over there. Uh, the Chargers, <laughs> I... The Chargers are the most having the most Chargers season ever. But instead of them losing by like missed field goals, they're either blowing somebody out or getting blown out now. Uh, who else is there? The Raiders looked really good. I think they were what, five and oh, not a six and six? I Tennessee called that. Tennessee super hobbled, super hurt. Tennessee, before Derrick Henry got hurt, I thought was gonna steamroll through the AFC. And I think everybody could agree with that because they looked that good. Tannehill looks sharp, the defense looks sharp, and now they just don't have anybody to play offense anymore. They're on they're their fifth wide or fifth running back. Yeah. And so now you have a game tonight with the Patriots and the Bills. And I know this is a rant. But like it doesn't matter who wins that game because I just don't think it matters. Kansas City's winning games that maybe they shouldn't be winning. And if you let them get into the playoffs, they're going to start earning wins. Instead of just scrapping them out, they're just going to start earning wins, and you're going to blink, and they're in the Super Bowl, and now Patrick Mahomes is going to be throwing for 350 in the Super Bowl again. Mm. I mean, like, mm, mm, mm. we've seen this before. Yeah, you're not this, wrong. Th- you, know, you know what these Kansas City Chiefs remind me a lot of, and it's kind of weird to say, but they do. They remind me of the Dynasty Patriots, where you just, like, know they're really good, and they lose two games. You're like, ah, they suck now. And now you blink, and they're going to be 11-5. And, and you're yeah. like, whoa, when did that happen? So, Kansas City Chiefs are technically the winners, but I think every other AFC team is a loser. <laughs> Tell me if I'm wrong. Am I wrong in that? No, I feel, you're, I feel you're, like, you're not wrong I feel at like all. you're just like let you're prodding the bear and letting the bear not like you, you gotta you gotta take it out, right? You can't let the thing revive. And that's yeah. what they're doing over there in the AFC. So And I mean you you took about three of my losers and threw <laughs> it in there. So so I don't I don't really even need to go in on mine. So you you took the floor, you ran with it, there it is. I agree with you 100 percent. so we could we could just double down on that the afc we said the nfc is weird the afc is even more the nfc is weird but the really good teams i'm confident in i'm confident that the packers i'm confident that the cowboys even with the cowboys being bad lately i'm confident the packers the cowboys the rams and the cardinals are all legitimate super bowl contenders and the bucks i'm confident in that 
Like yeah. those are the five Everybody teams the that AFC. are gonna wind up being in the last like couple of rounds, right? Yeah. AFC, Everybody I have no idea. AFC, no idea. No, none. No, none. There's what? There's been eight teams that have looked unstoppable. Yeah. I mean, I yeah, I listed at least like seven. Yeah. <laughs> like and every week we don't know what to expect. Yeah. They take a big loss and it's like, oh, they suck. They lost to... Again, the Chargers what? lost to the Steelers. Or not Steelers. Who did they lose to last week? I forgot who they lost to last week. They looked terrible. They looked awful. And then they go and beat the Bengals. They 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 beat the Bengals by 20. They lost to the Broncos They got killed week. by the Broncos last week. Yeah. I don't get it, man. NFL is such a week-to-week sport. And I know it's like a scheme thing, and I know like the any given Sunday and all that, but there's no reason that teams can look so dominant one week and then just fall flat on their face the next. There's just no reason for it outside of just like players not really being ready. And like I've I've been a I've been big on this hill for a long time. You've heard me say this. I don't think NFL players are all that good. I think NBA, it's the best basketball players in the world. I think the NFL has, like, some really athletic and really talented guys, but they just happen to fit the mold for that position, and they don't particularly play it well. You know how many bad offensive linemen there are? You can hide a bad player in the NFL very easily. Yeah. Like, if you got a bad DB, play him seven yards back more. So now when he got a couple extra steps. Yeah. You, you play a D lineman a little bit more to the left or okay. right because you notice O lineman is just, he's big. That, that's really all he mm-hmm. is. So if he got to take that extra slide step to the left or right, he's not going to get there in time. So Jadavion's clown, he's right. going to be able to just yep. hit a little rip and get right through yeah. him. What, whatever it may be, you can hide them very easily if you have a good scheme. Yeah. You can, and, and th- that it works. It, it works, and it's crazy. Yeah. And I've been on this hill for a while, and I know we're kind of tangent and ranting here, but legitimately, the quarterback obviously is like the most talented guy on the team, right? Or should be. Should or be. the safety. I'm cool with either of them being the most talented guy on the team. And then, like, the only other positions that, like, you can legitimately, like, not hide yourself at is wide receiver and defensive lineman. Every other position you can hide on. You can be a except for except for like a middle linebacker. Well, I was gonna say a middle linebacker, but like look at Jamal Adams. He's been a fraud his whole career. He is not good. But because he can I mean, he, he's a he's a safety. <laughs> safety linebacker. He kind of plays both, right? Uh he he's a he's a Sam linebacker. Yeah, because he played he played he it. played linebacker mostly in, in uh New York. So I'm just like I mean not not really. They he was still a safety that just always that always blitz. So he's kind of like a linebacker. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, again, a, a Sam, yeah. just a strong side. And again, like so. the reason that he was able to pretend he was good is because he was blitzing so much. And he's just a freak yeah. athletically that he was getting to the quarterback. So yeah. you're able to kind of hide those guys. And I mean, you kind of just proved my point for me. If he's a safety and he kind of hit himself for three years. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think they're uber athletic. I don't think they're actually good at football. <laughs> Like there's a lot. Oh, there's a lot of bad other sports. Players. Like everybody has to contribute in some type of way. If you're bad at basketball, but you're good at defense, or bad at baseball, but you're good at yeah. defense, you can make it happen. Yeah. If you're bad at defense, but you're an offensive player, who cares? Who cares? 
Who cares? <laughs> who, who, who cares, cares that Justin Jefferson both? can't defend anybody because he doesn't need to? And if you're bad at both, like, what are we doing here? Why are you on the field? Yeah, exactly. So no, uh, it's I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it's, that. It's a weird take, but it's it's partly because America is really the only place that plays football. It's definitely part of it. Imagine if the NFL could dip into different countries' talent pools. How first of all different the game would be because obviously there'd be like new schemes with like outside brains coming in. But I don't know. That's that's kind of a tangent that 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 would be really right? cool if like how basketball you got the European players, baseball you got the Dominican and Asian yeah. players coming and in. And you see the different play styles. You see everything. You don't really get that and uh you the only play styles you get is like a California type play style, a Florida type play Which, style. Which like is it even Iowa different? One's fast, one's a little harder nose. Like one's flashy, one's fast, one's beefy, one's like just hard nose. But that's not even tactics. That's, that's just like style. Yeah, that's just because that's where they grew up. That's yeah. what the pee wee coaches were telling them, and that that's what they that they got. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Simple as that. Yeah. So I mean, it would be cool to kind of see that happen. But one day, what? one day, the NFL is going to get legitimate stars all around the field, and it's going to be so fun, but not fun to watch. It's going to be kind of terrible because it's going to be like so many three and outs because like DBs are going to be so good. <laughs> Maybe that's the grand scheme. We want bad DBs so we can get points. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? But there's certain guys that take advantage of these really bad NFL players. And they might be on your fantasy team. Mm. Now, we know a guy that's mm-hmm. going to let you know who did well and who didn't. Gerard, let us know. We're going to the corner. What's up, spectators? It's your boy, Gerard. We're back again with another segment of Fantasy Corner. We're going to go over week 13. So week 14 starts to play off for some people. And then for others, it's probably their last week until the playoffs. So I'm going to just give you all the top performers of the week, and I'm going to give you two must-starts for each position that I feel can either help you in that first round or get you to that promised land. So for the QB1, this week we have Tom Brady, 368 yards, four touchdowns for 29.6 fantasy points. Running back one is Javante Williams. He had 178 total yards, one touchdown for 29 fantasy points. Wide receiver one is Justin Jefferson. He had 11 catches, 182 yards for 35.6 fantasy points. And your tight end one is George Kittle. He had nine receptions, 174 yards, two touchdowns for 40 fantasy points. Now, with all that being said, it's time to get ready for the playoffs if you're not already in them. Some people have one game deciding if they're gonna make it or if they're not gonna make it. And I know you all wanna make it because I know you all want that money. So let me give you go ahead and give y'all some two must starts for this week 14. So must start for the QB position. He's probably on your waiver wire, but if you're low on quarterbacks, or if you have a buy on quarterback, if you have Jalen Hurts on buy, I'm looking at Taysom Hill versus the Jets. Taysom Hill might not be the best thrower, but he has it on the run game. And he showed it this last game with over 100 yards rushing on the ground. Josh Allen versus the Bucks. The Bucks secondary isn't the best. They got Carlton Davis back, yes, but they're still pretty beat up. And I like Josh Allen to go for minimum three touchdowns against the Bucks. Am I being biased? Yes, I am. But do I care? No, I don't. I'm starting for the running backs, Madison versus Pitt. 
Mattinson is a great backup running back for Dalvin Cook, and every time he starts without Dalvin Cook, it seems like he's getting minimum 20 points. I don't look for that to change against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Javante Williams against the Detroit Lions. That should tell you everything that you need to know right there. Alexander Mattinson rushed all over the Lions, put up 21 fantasy points. I'm liking Javante Williams to do the exact same, especially if Melvin Gordon remains out. Javante Williams proved that he can carry an offensive load at the running back position. Wide receivers I'm starting, I'm starting with Michael Gallup versus Washington. It looks like Michael Gallup is back from injury. He looks to be really good this year. I like him over Amari Cooper as a start in uh, weeks for week 14. And Elijah Moore versus New Orleans. He's the Jets' main target, and there's no doubt about it. Even in an off day, he's still like five catches for 50, 60 yards, which is still 10 fantasy points right there. But I don't think he's going to have an off day against New Orleans. I like for him to have a breakout game. Dawson Knox versus the Bucks. Like I said, the secondary isn't all that great, and I'm not sure how the Bucks are going to look against a tight end like Dawson Knox, especially if they get into the red zone. He's probably the Bills' number one um, end zone target right now, so I'm looking at Dawson Knox start for that. And I'm also looking at Zach Ertz versus the Rams. These are two top teams in the NFC, the Cardinals and the Rams. I think this game is going to be a shootout and the Cardinals are going to need Zach Ertz to overcome the Rams high power offense. So I'm looking for him for that week. But hey, that's it. It's a short section, I know. But playoffs are coming up. Stay tuned. I'm going to post some TikToks later in the week help you guys out with some more start and sit options and what I think y'all should do in order to win your fantasy leagues for the next couple of weeks. Welcome to the playoffs, baby. If you're not there, I hope y'all get there. Peace. Thank you, Gerard, as always, for the fantasy insight. We are getting towards the playoffs, whether you're there this week or going to be there next week. Make sure you figure out how to get that roster looking good. Get that W, get your buy-in money back. And get some bragging rights. Make sure you don't get last in your league. That's all that matters. I know a lot of leagues have some last place penalties. Do not let that be you. So, Brooke, mm -hmm. we had a lot that happened this last week. We did. A lot of news, a lot of rumors, a lot of all that. What do you want to touch on first? Well, we do got to touch on baseball. We're locked We're out. Locked out. We're no locked keys. out since... <laughs> No keys, bro. Since what? 94? Yeah. Was the last First time? First time in, in a good little chunk of time now that there's a baseball strike. We we expected this. We expected we this. We... And I don't know if you've seen it or anybody listening or watching has seen it, but like the weird little like shade throwing between the MOBPA and the MOB itself has been kind of funny. Because they both put out, uh, like, official statements the day that it happened, right? And I think that was on Friday, like Friday morning or Thursday night, uh -huh. something like that. And pretty much the MLB was just saying, wow, we're disappointed that this couldn't happen. Um, we're shocked and, like, concerned. And we, we hope we can make amends and fix this as soon as possible. But, like, the whole way and the connotation of how they wrote everything was just like, hey, those guys bad. Those guys bad. We tried. They we 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 tried. They bad. They bad. They don't want sport. We want sport. They don't. It's like they were like mud throwing, and it was like that's probably not why we're locked out right now. Yeah, there's there's a lot of stuff, and 
it, it's just all things that feel like they could have been avoided. Yep. I mean, yeah, there's course, no need for us to go into a lockout. And now here we are just giving baseball more bad looks because everything surrounding it has just been weird with the scandals and just the way they been running stuff. And then the one thing that um, we were talking about the other day when this came out, there's been rumors speculating the last couple of years yeah. that baseball has been using juiced balls. They've been using balls that are put in home runs at a very, very high rate. And it came out that somebody did test it on the balls and proved that MLB was, in fact, using different balls. And then MLB came out and said that, yeah, we were. And it was because of production during COVID. They couldn't get the balls out at a pace that they needed to, all that. So they had to outsource and go to a different supplier and get new balls. Cool. I'm not mad at that. I understand that. A lot of stuff is outsourced. I understand that. We get it. I understand that. If you want chicken tenders, I'm sorry. They're on a shortage. You what? can't get it. If can't you want wings, you're going to pay $30 for a six-piece. I'm sorry. It's okay. But what they were doing is they were using the old balls, the dead balls, and they were putting them for low-level teams and low-level primetime games that nobody really wants to watch. Like, let's say Mariners, Tigers, yeah. or just Orioles, and... Texas, just whatever, yeah. Texas, and just teams that nobody wants to watch. We're not that nobody, that, that weren't very them. good. Let's, let's clarify. That yeah. nobody wants to watch. Okay, I'm doubling down. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Aggressive. That you, you're scrolling, Aggressive. you see this game, you see figures sta- skating on another channel, you're like, I'm watching that. The Olympics kind of fun. So, <laughs> they're kind of the fun. It's kind of fun. But, but know. here's the kicker. The balls that are jumping out of the gym and getting crushed, they're putting those for the London series, for Yankees Red Sox, for a 9-11 series, Field of Dreams, which MLB came out and confirmed that they did this. So now you're prioritizing which balls are going where, and you just can't do that because now you're messing with people's money. You're messing with people's stats because when it comes down to arbitration and contracts and bonuses, bonuses the big and one. whatever endorsements and whatever other nonsense you want to throw in there, you're not getting it because the games you played while you're on a bad team, you're not getting these stats because you don't have the balls that Astro players, mm-hmm. Dodger players, Yankee players, Red Sox players are using, and they're getting these stats and you're not. So now you're getting penalized for something you have no control no, over. Barely none. And MLB doing that is just ridiculous to me. I I can't get over that, bro. Well, and it's something that we've talked about for a long time because uh, when the balls were initially juiced or brought in to be juiced and everybody was kind of okay with it, but not like we knew they were juiced, but everybody was playing with them. So we're like, okay, whatever. And the Yankees and Twins had that home run race, right? And it was the Bronx Bombers and the uh, the Bomba squad over there in, in Minnesota. And it was fun. Um and then all of a sudden, those two teams make the playoffs and just can't hit a home run to save their life. And we're like, yeah. what's going on? These two teams hit hundreds of home runs this season. And now all of a sudden, they go from hitting like three a game to just hitting three in a series? What's happening? Yeah. 
and we kind of had our doubts about that and we're just like hey we, they probably dejuice the balls and which isn't necessarily a bad thing but it is if you don't tell people and when you play a whole season yeah. with it like you don't play an nba season with a regular size ball and then go into the playoffs with a women's ball like it's weird because it's different right yeah so to be switching a mid-season is just on top of everything else that's kind of happened over the last few years, bringing up the sticky stuff when it's not even necessarily like a true problem, um, which is a bad look on the league, right? And they call it cheating, even though it's necessarily probably not, or like the, like the closer side of not cheating than it is to actual, like if there's a, it's it's, a it's on the closer side of OSHA violations. This is safety. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, seriously. And, <laughs> like, um, and then you have like the cheating scandals with the Astros and the Red Sox and they barely get penalized. You you ban Alex core for a year and then let them come right back. And all of a sudden, Hey, look, they're back in the, in the ALCS. And it's like, what was the point of banning him for a year? You almost made the Red Sox better because now they got a better draft pick for a season. Weird, weird ways of handling stuff. Uh, minor league players just not actually getting paid despite having billions of dollars worth of every MLB team is worth at least $2 billion. So why can't we pay our MLB players or minor league players, minor league players. And then there's even just like MLB players, a major, I think it's like 71%. I think Ben Verlander came out with this the other day, 71% of players starting or on active rosters in the MLB do not make a million dollars a season. 71%. That's crazy. That's That's so many. And granted, there's a lot of players in the MLB. uh, But it's crazy that like 71% don't make that. And then Mike Trout's making however much he's making. And Correa is going to sign. Or not Correa. Who just signed? Uh, Scherzer is going to make $33 million. Scherzer is going to make $33 million next year. That is more than the entire Pirates roster. I thought it was in. I thought that was in the 40 range. 43. Yeah. Sorry. 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 43. Okay. Okay. Uh, he's making more than the entire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a lot. No, it's a lot. Uh, he's making more than the entire Pittsburgh Pirates roster next year, and that's part of the problem. Like, you can't have these teams that don't want to dish out money, and just let them not dish out money for decades at a time because now they're not even trying to compete. They're just trying to make money. That's like what it kind of comes down to. And yeah. I don't know how much they're fighting for a floor, like a pay floor. I don't. I'm not sure. I know they're fighting for a lot of stuff. Obviously, minor leaguers making money and like having places for them to live at like the very least. Um, obviously, they're hoping to get universal DHs and expanded playoffs and figure out a proper expanded playoffs. They're looking at ways to make the game more fun for fans, like making it safer too, so that I don't pimp a home run and get drilled in the head. Like, there's little things that these players are trying to fix and make the game more fun. And uh, the MLB can't get out of its own way. It's it's wild, bro. It's wild. And it leaves you at a loss for words because it's like, why are we sticking with this old mentality of the 1890 baseball diamond league? Yeah. Like, not, not even the MLB. Like, these dudes need to just get out of it. Let the players have a say in what they want the league to be. Because at the end of the day, that's your product. If your product isn't being put in a way that 
should be put out there for people to enjoy it. What are we doing? Because yeah, we can still have the game kind of played the same way, just more enjoyable to watch. Like, there's ways to do that. You know, celebrations are a good step towards that. Letting players wear cleats that don't match the three primary and secondary colors of their team. Like, little things like that are so stupid. Like, so they give you a weekend, player's weekend, wear whatever you want, and then after that, that's it. It's a 162-game season. And for two games, you get the wear cleats you want? Like, what? Even the NFL lets you do that. <laughs> like, come the on, NFL man. Stinks. Let, let the players try to market themselves. You guys don't do a good job marketing them, so let them do it themselves. Yeah, and it sucks. Like, Trevor Bauer is really good at that, and then obviously he kind of has some stuff thrown on him, and we're not we're not Trevor Bauer fans around here, but he was really good and still is really good at marketing himself, and I wish that a lot of other players did that. It's kind of hard yeah. for a lot of players. There are a lot of international guys. It is a little bit harder to tap into stuff. But clearly, it's not impossible because Shohei Otani is as big of a superstar in this sports world as almost anybody at this point. Like, he's getting to that point. Yeah. So, I don't know. Baseball sucks. We're locked out. Joe Random. The the website took off all the likeness and everything, so technically the teams don't have any players, and they're just like faceless <laughs> none of their pictures are on the site all the players are changing their profile pictures to this stock image of a gray background pseudo man and kind of funny it's crazy and then like we miss out on a wild free agency one of the best shortstop classes we've had in a while ever 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 which like, most of them assigned to it, javi baez i don't think we talked about that last week javi baez going to detroit pretty cool yeah. So just it, it's just we we could go on and on about it. Then we're trying to keep it short, but you could tell that frustrating. We, we're so frustrated with baseball, and we have been for years now. It's just weird, man. We just we it's just want to enjoy so, sport, man. That's really all we want. Yeah, we we really do. We're big baseball fans. Yeah. Big baseball guys. And Rob Manfred takes that away from us. Rob Manfred is the Grinch. <laughs> He's the Grinch. Happy holidays. <laughs> I want the winter meetings. Happy holidays. <laughs> we can't have can't it. have it. Because I'm Rob Manfred. We can't even have friends. rumors. That's like the worst part. I can't even have That's rumors. That's the thing. Bro. We're just out. Like, this is the last time we're talking about baseball for maybe two months. Because there's going to be literally nothing we can talk about. Nothing. <laughs> so... Nothing. That's okay. Whatever. Good thing we have other sports to talk about. You know what's another sport we have to talk about? What's that? Now, we don't touch on a whole lot around here because I know you don't get into it a whole lot. Some of the other spectators do, but this is you and me's show. This is us. College football. We just had Sorry. championship weekend this weekend. And we had some pretty cool stuff. We have two teams entering the college football playoff that have never been there before, including... The first ever non-Power 5 team. Shout out to Cincinnati. They went undefeated. Shout out Cincinnati. They went undefeated. That team is absolutely loaded with NFL talent, and they are fully deserving of being in this Final Four. Shout out to the committee for actually putting them in and not putting in a one-loss Notre Dame that lost I to them. I was really scared. Well, they weren't, they weren't going to put scared. Notre Dame in because Cincinnati literally beat them. Like There was no way they could have done that. There was no way. Unless you put both in. If you put both in, I'm okay with it. And they almost put yeah. both in, but Alabama had something to say about that. Alabama said, I know if we lose, we're out. So guess what? 
We're going to come into this SEC championship game. We're going to play this undefeated Georgia team that everybody thinks is unstoppable. We're going to shut them down offensively. We're going to slaughter them defensively. And we're going to win the SEC championship like we do every year. Take back our number one overall ranking. And guess what? Now we get to play that non-Power 5 team. And we're going to beat them into the ground too. Because guess what? The only team that Cincinnati didn't want to see was Alabama. And not because... Any, like, Georgia is just as good, I think. I think Georgia kind of didn't play as hard as they could have because they knew they were in regardless. Um, Michigan's a weird team. I don't really know how to feel about them. I know they have Aiden Hutchinson is, like, an all-world defensive lineman, and he's going to be a star in the NFL. Um, Yeah. I don't know how to feel about Michigan, though. I think Cincinnati is, like, the best team. But since Alabama has all these recruits and they have Nick Saban and they have weeks to prepare for Cincinnati, this is not going to be fun for the Bearcats. It's not. And it's just not. As everybody wants, we want Cincinnati to take down Bama. It's not going to happen. be tough. It's not going to happen. It's going to be tough. And if they do, I'm impressed. Yeah, I mean, hey, if they do, that is a full, full sentiment to Cincinnati's coaching and like, uh, just them kind of preparing for Alabama. And I think this is probably the easiest year to prepare for Alabama because it isn't a year where they're like offensively just stacked everywhere. Obviously they kind of are. There's five stars everywhere, but like the scheme and like the players haven't like meshed as well as they usually do. Um, Although Mm -hmm. Bryce Young had a tremendous end of the season, just him alone, like not so much the offense, but he had a great end. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't see him winning it. I think if this was a Cincinnati Alabama championship where Alabama only had a week, I would actually feel very different about it. But giving Alabama almost a month to prepare for this game, <laughs> I don't like it. Yeah. I'm I feel you. Also, without getting too deep into the teams itself, expand the college football playoffs. Yeah. It would Please. be a lot of fun. I don't. So this is a weird year, right? A lot of like really good teams have lost. Uh, the Big Twelve is a good example of that. Uh, Oklahoma State and Baylor beat Oklahoma, which is like whoa. Oklahoma's not winning at all. Then Baylor beats Oklahoma State in the championship game. Shout out to Baylor for like recouping their full uh, program. By the way, Baylor basketball winning a championship. Baylor women's is always fantastic for basketball. And Baylor football winning a Big 12 championship. They're the first team to win the Big 12, not named Oklahoma, in a long time. So, big shout-out there. Weird stuff, though. Like, if you had an expanded playoff, you would probably have two Pac-12 teams and, like, two Big 12 teams. But neither of those are in this right now. And it kind of sucks because who's to say we saw the only real big – matchup like that we saw this year was Oregon Ohio State and everybody thinks Ohio State probably talent wise should be in the final four just obviously having two losses and doesn't really work itself Uh towards that but like Oregon beat Ohio State in Ohio State so who's to say Utah doesn't go in to Alabama and shut them down like who's to say we just don't have the opportunity to see these games and I would really like an expanded playoff just to see the true it would take away from the SEC because the SEC gets their two teams every year, which is fair because they're yeah. usually probably some of the better teams. 
but give Utah a chance to go play LSU or not LSU this year, but like give Utah a chance to go play Georgia. Let Ohio state play Clemson more often. Like let these Oklahoma go play Michigan. Like I want to see those games in the playoff when it matters, because that's how you measure up conferences. There's way too many teams to have a four team playoff. There's a reason that college basketball has March madness where they put 64 teams in there, there's a reason, because there's a lot. I'm not saying do a March Madness type thing for football, because obviously you can't. And obviously, like, in football, again, football players aren't good, to circle around that. (laughs) Players for Arizona are just not that good. They're just not. Just give us an eight-team playoff. We're not asking for a lot. Eight teams, there's a hundred colleges. More than that. But just give us eight teams, yeah. let them ball, and that's it. There's one thing I want to talk about from one of these uh, championship okay. games, though, this okay. weekend. Pitt and Wake Forest. ACC there championship. Was a really, Let's go. ACC championship. There was a really cool play. It was a really cool play in hindsight, but it's a very dangerous play at mm-hmm. that, and that's what I want to talk about. The quarterback for um, Pitt, uh, Kenny Pickett. He does a QB run up the middle, going. He's going for a slide, as QBs do. They go ahead so they don't get cracked and just yeah. demolished by these these uh, defenders that want to take their head off. They slide, get the first down, get their yards, go about their day. He did a fake slide. All the defenders pretty much stop because... You touch him, you're out the game. Target yeah. on sportsmen like Connor, yeah. rough in the past. They're major Every penalties. penalty yeah, under the major book. penalties. You're done. He fake slides and then just takes off for a touchdown. In hindsight, the play is really cool. Yeah. It's a fantastic play. I loved it. Now, for two reasons, this just can't ever happen again. One, his knee and ACL and every CL on his leg like every you know, every ligament just, just hung on for life <laughs> i'm surprised he was able to keep on running yeah so that that's one and that's just on you two now you've got defenders not caring that you're gonna take an uh a slide because are you even gonna do it no so now i'm gonna just come crack you but now i'm in trouble because i'm gonna get a targeting penalty because you over here don't want to do the thing that you do to protect yourself. Yeah. So why should I protect yeah. you? If you're going to do that and just take off, I don't care. I'm going to, I'm going to tackle you. Yeah. See, so see, for that reason that that needs to have some sort of policing because that's a slippery slope. That's going to get a quarterback killed. If, <laughs> if that stays around, I kind of agree. And I kind of disagree. And there's, there's a couple of reasons here, right? The sliding rule has been a rule for a, a, a while now like what 15 or so years like that that's been a thing for a while and this is the first mm-hmm. time ever i'm sure it's happened in like high school or like lower college or just like a small team that wasn't in the acc championship right um so i'm sure it's happened before but not like on a televised scale that we can sit down and talk about it mm-hmm. the fact that it hasn't happened after all this time means it's something that's really difficult to kind of pull off it is. And I don't think it's actually going to become a trend. I don't think this is something that becomes a trend. I don't think this is something that they start studying and practicing, uh, going out there and practicing. I just don't think so. 
because there's so few quarterbacks, particularly in the NFL, where you're going to really get cracked, right, uh, that are able to kind of run this way, especially with that type of space where you're able to kind of juke somebody out and then run and score a touchdown. Um, I don't I don't think this is going to become a trend. Obviously, there's like the giving yourself up thing, so you should probably just count that as being down. But if you didn't go down and it's a fake, what's the difference between like that and just like a juke move? You know, it's it's kind of like a weird thing where you don't want to say you can't do it because then why are you allowed to do fake other stuff? Why am I allowed to fake punt? You know, like punting, you're supposed to be able to give it to the other team. Like that's the designated uh, time for it. You see what I'm saying? But you, you feel me, right? I, I, I'm not with you on that. I'm not with you on because, well, fake punts and fake kicks and fake handoffs and stuff like that. That's not to protect you. The slide is to protect the quarterback. So if you're using that as an exploit to take advantage of the defense, that's not good. Well, well, and not having it not as a trend, I don't think a lot of people will do it. But I do disagree that it won't be somewhat of a thing because i do think people see it now and they're like huh i might be able to do that maybe and you have somebody try to do it maybe maybe it won't be everybody but there's a reason nba players are taking 45 foot jumpers now there's a reason for that because they saw a couple people do it like oh okay sure let me do it yeah that's different that that's very different but it, it it goes kind of along the same way you see somebody do it and it's like okay I could do that too. Let me try to do it. I would agree, but like people see Lamar Jackson winning MVPs because he's running for fifteen hundred yards in a season. You don't see other any other quarterback even trying to do it. It's just not something that because they can't. Exactly, <laughs> they, they simply it, exactly. can't. Exactly, and that's kind of the point here. Um, I don't know. I I think it's kind of in the same realm as other fakes, just because it is a fake and it's something that you need to kind of prepare for. It's kind of part of. NFL scheming. It's something that we talked about earlier. Kind of make the NFL more fun because there's more variance to kind of how you can play. Um, and you know the risk as a quarterback, and if you get hit during it, and you get, hit, you, get, you, get hit. you get hit, we have that slide rule in there to protect you, and if you take advantage of it and don't do it the right way, then you're going to potentially get hurt. That's kind of how you have to do it. And, and I mentioned punting, right? Because in a fake punt, you're allowed to hit the the punter because now he's no longer a punter he is now a runner and that's kind of why i wanted to bring up the fake punt because if you touch the punter or the kicker at any point in time besides in a fake situation you are getting a bad flag college you're probably getting a targeting if you breathe on them forget about no exactly and so but once it becomes a fake and that play kind of devolves they get hit and you see it so i think that that's more along the lines of where this kind of play uh, sits but i i do kind of agree though it is a slippery slope that you don't really want to like enable a whole lot but i don't think it's actually a problem that's going to become a problem i just don't fair enough because i understand <laughs> i understand yeah it, it's just i don't know you with the fakes you're choosing that okay i'm i'm doing this and i you still are choosing with the slide i understand that mm-hmm. but it's now easy. who's to stop somebody from sliding now but now they think, oh, it's a fake. So now they be get better. Clapped. Make better judgment decisions on defense. I don't know what to tell you. 
But when when you're going a hundred miles, they're a minute, they're not like, going hundred miles a minute. They're going twenty five miles an hour at max, and that's full speed down the line. Like, come on now, they're not moving that fast. You can sit there and make right. a decision. You can make decisions. They're grown men. They've been playing this sport a long time, and we know football players aren't that good. We know they're not maybe the smartest, but, especially uh, on defense sometimes, but. Sometimes it's harder to stop on a dime. Yeah, but you that, better learn how because you're going to to start getting penalized, big fella. <laughs> but let's uh, let's head head over to the last thing we got. There's been um, a little um, Australian running around the world in the NBA who's just been a mess. Certainly not running. Certainly not running. <laughs> running out, out of practice because he's getting kicked out from his own team and just being weird. Yeah. Ben Simmons. The rumors are back. They're back. And this and this one's this interesting. rumor has been around for the longest time. I've been seeing this trade for so long. And I think now's a good time for Portland to do it. CJ McCollum for Ben Simmons, maybe a thing or two included in that. But this price for Ben Simmons cannot be the price it was four months ago. They were asking for Andrew Wiggins, James Wiseman, and two first-round picks a couple months ago. Yeah. And that's just they're smoking crack. Like, like <laughs> laced just from the dirt and the local dude on the corner crack. And now it's been a couple months. We're 30, almost 30 games into the NBA season. And Simmons still hasn't played. He still hasn't practiced. CJ McCollum kind of wants out of Portland. There's Portland's not doing so hot, but they have some guys that they can trade and they have some pieces. Apparently Dame wants Ben for whatever reason. Don't ask me why. I know why. I don't care why. It helps the defense. I'm happy about that because their defense sucks. But I think this trade could work. I think if Portland can negotiate them down to not asking for literally everything, for a w- number one overall pick that's like looking more like a bust than he is a star at this point in his career. Not because he's actually a bust, but because it's not playing. It just doesn't play. I mean, if his mentality is going to make him a bust, he's a bust. Because yeah. if if he when he's on the court, especially what he did in the playoffs, that that was very bust like. Yeah, and I mean that's why I don't want to call him a bust because I it, obviously the talent's there. We've seen it. He's an all star and he's an all world defender. Yeah. But some guys, they have the talent and the mentality's not there. And the NBA is not the NFL. These guys are all good. Everybody yeah. in this league is an absolute star. Like, if they went to a different league, they would be a star. Patty Mills in the, or the Olympics was incredible because he's a really good basketball player. You can't hide a bad basketball no. player. You no. can't. Because they're going to ISO you and you're going to get cooked. put on an island. Cooked. <laughs> Straight cooked. But I like it because if anybody out there could probably get into Ben Simmons' Dame. head, it's Dame. Dame. Because we talk about mentality with Ben. Dame got one of the best mentalities in the yeah, league. Yeah, and it's not because uh, he's just kind of born that way. Dame's been a hard worker who's earned every single thing. Yeah. Every praise that Dame has ever gotten in the NBA, he has earned. Again, he wasn't. He wasn't one of these Kentucky number one overall guys. Granted, he was drafted no. high overall, and he was rookie of the year. So it's not like we didn't expect that. Balling. But Dame's really, really talented. He's one of the more – going to be one of the more historically underrated players there's ever been. 
just mm-hmm. because Steph and Chris Paul and Harden and Katie and LeBron are all pretty significantly better, at least all time, right? Um, so he's going to be overlooked a lot. But this is a guy who can, like, change a team. He's kind of like Jimmy Butler in a sense that, like, what he brings to a team is more than just his talent. Because yeah. with if Dame were in Portland and as good as he was but didn't bring that, like, grit that he kind of does, Portland would just not make the playoffs because I don't think the roster is all that good, and I don't think it's been that good for a couple of years now. No. So he's kind of done way more uh, – played above the the pay grade and, and above the the ratings so to speak yeah so they ain't gonna let ben get away with that nonsense if they're together oh. so, so i i definitely see that being a turning point for mr benjamin if he gets out you know point. what's a great example of it too andrew wiggins Andrew Wiggins was in Minnesota. Yeah. Just nobody to hold him accountable except for Jimmy, and they didn't particularly get along. Uh, but now he's in Golden State and a proven winner, and I'm, I'm going to consider Dame a proven winner. He's been to the Western Conference Finals. He's had very a couple of successful years, uh, maybe not winning the championship, but he's not, not a loser by any stretch of the imagination. Um, get a guy to a winning environment with a guy with a – tough mentality and knows how to get stuff done you could bring maybe all of a sudden ben stimmons feels confident couldn't start shooting the three at a spot up rate not not a you know create your own shot rate but a spot up rate shoot at 30 percent like and here's the thing the same thing with um with wiggins how when he went to golden state i said he'll become a better shooter because he got two of the best shooters of all time in his back pocket, that's going to help him. Dame's not to that level. He's still a great shooter. I mean, Dame's probably a top three, three-point shooter of all time. He, not, he, not he's top good. Three, but like top five to ten. But you would think that would rub off a little bit on um, on Ben Simmons. It's not like a Danny Green thing that he's going to be able to – that that ain't going to do it. <laughs> J.J. Redick, eh, Danny cool. Green. That's not going to do it, though. And then also on top of that, where you would hope that his three points, like they they start dropping, you would you would hope yeah. so. And I feel like they could, not at a high clip, but I feel like Again, they could shoot at thirty percent. He also he also doesn't have to be the primary ball handler, which was an issue because he was the point guard. He doesn't have to do that in Portland if they bring him. He could just do whatever. Ben Simmons does, who we don't even know. Yeah. Well, we don't know what he wants to do. Does he want to be a center? Does he want to be a three? Who I knows? Really, I, I, know. I brought up, I brought up Andrew Wiggins, <laughs> and I think you're on the same page with this. I think that is a perfect comp in exactly what you want out of Ben Simmons going to Portland or going anywhere else. You want him to become Andrew Wiggins that can't shoot as well, but essentially becomes not the primary focal point of the offense, but becomes an important mm-hmm. part of it now because now he's the number two, three, or four option in this offense, right? And he can just play yeah. tremendous defense. That's kind of what's And you now mean. you can stride because obviously it doesn't seem like Ben can handle all the pressure. No. And that's fine. Look, if you if you ain't built like that, that's fine. Not everybody is. We ain't going... a reason not everybody is. Else. Not everybody is. Okay. But if that's going to help you be – Behind the scenes, be that second, third, fourth fiddle, like you said, you're good. And I feel like he could strive in that offense if that happens. Yeah, part of the problem in Philly, not not to kind of harp on this too long, but part of the problem in Philly is you have Joel Embiid that clearly him and Ben don't have, like, the best of relationships, right? 
And Joel kind of yeah. has his own way of leading that isn't necessarily like it's more of a by example as opposed to a rally to troops kind of a deal, right? And then you bring in the other stars that they brought in. Jimmy Butler couldn't get Ben right. Um, that was kind of my example earlier with Wiggins, and we saw that Wiggins and Butler didn't work out either. So maybe a different type of guy could. Um, and the thing is with Jimmy, he's more in your face. Yeah. And if, and, yeah. So and if you're if you, I, I feel like that just ain't the thing with yeah. Ben. He he's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna accept yeah. that. Um, and then Tobias Harris goes there, and Tobias Harris is just not a leader. Like Tobias Harris no, is a very no. talented player. He's a great scorer. He's not a leader. Like he he was ne- he was always the best player on a team because he was on bad Clipper teams, and uh, now he's kind of like the second best player in theory, I guess, on Philly. I don't really know. Um, but he's not even a guy you want to give the ball too late in the game because that's not how he was kind of brought to be in the in this league. Like he wasn't that main focal point offense kind of guy. He was, I'm going to score a lot, but I'm not the crux of this. And so there was no real guy in the locker room taking control over there. Besides maybe like, maybe it was JJ Redick. Maybe it is uh, one of these young cats they got now. Cause they do have some good young talent over there. Uh, I don't really know, man. They're, they're a weird, weird team. They're sitting at like 500 or a game above. And I don't know. I don't know. Portland's also the worst-rated defensive team in the league. So. That's been an issue for them for a long time. So, so Ben Ben helps there. If nothing else, Ben helps <laughs> if there. Nothing else. So, shout out. Shout out. Get the deal done, Portland. I think it's probably mutual beneficial. Really yeah, know. absolutely. So, get that deal done. Uh, Brick, you got anything else for us this week? Um, no. I think we touched on a lot. Yeah. It was a good episode. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Make sure you stay up to date with all the other news during the week. Because we can't talk to every every day. We wish we could, but we can't. So go ahead, hit the IG, the Twitter, and the TikTok, at underscore the spectators. Hit us up on YouTube. Drop that subscription. We appreciate the love. That's all I got, man. What you got, Yeah, Thank you guys again. Follow us. Stay up to date. We'll see you guys next Monday. And uh, peace. Love you.